And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer right here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf. Joining me in the studio today, the Reverend Mark Diedrich. Good to be here, Dan. And Dr. John Vance. Hello, everyone. You know, uh, A Plain Answer attempts to answer listener questions, whether it be theology, current events, history. And uh, today is a question we kind of uh, have heard from time to time. I can't point to any particular listener. But uh, the general question is that, how was an Old Testament saint saved? That is, how was an Old Testament saint saved? And um, before we open the mic, John, you mentioned uh, that just begs the question, uh, in our day, um, how are we saved, period, as we uh, come to faith? Um, what does that mean? How, how is a person saved? In all of its gravity and clarity, this question was raised by the Philippian jailer. And uh, when he cried out to uh, the apostles, essentially, and to Peter in particular, what must I do to be saved? That is uh, more than a rhetorical question. That hmm. begs for an answer from uh, Christians. Mm-hmm. And also, it does, of course, raise questions about how the saints, so to speak, the believer, uh, has been saved through the centuries. How have the saints been saved through the centuries? Is there a difference between the Old and the New Testament? I suppose we have to clarify how the New Testament addresses this question first. That's right. How are they saved? The Philippian jailer, uh, Paul and Silas are in jail, and the earthquake comes, and, and of course... He's freaked out because he's convinced that he's dead. <laughs> because with with the jails opening up, he figures everybody's going to leave. And in the Roman system, if you let a prisoner escape, you are dead, essentially. Mm-hmm. And so he says, what must I do to be saved? And, and the question, in a sense, I, I would say, even though you could make a case, he's just talking about his temporal life. But it seems to be a question that goes beyond that. He's talking about... Yeah. How do I get right with my maker as well? Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. right, because I think he, that's what he was figuring. He's yes. going to meet his maker. Mm-hmm. So. He's seen well, a phenomenal demonstration of, of a divine And he also heard uh, uh, these two disciples of the Lord talking about the oh, gospel. Yeah. That was all that was on their mind. They were yeah. there yeah. in jail because of the gospel. <laughs> that's right. And they were singing. Of all things, they were singing that night after being beaten. <laughs> and they're, they're in jail singing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he realizes they've got something that he doesn't have, and uh, if that was me, I you know I'm saved, but I'd probably be complaining. Tell you the truth, right. I'm not sure I'd be singing. <laughs> Most oh. of us would, uh, right. but they they uh, knew Paul's injunction: rejoice in the Lord always. And again, yeah. I say rejoice, and they were rejoicing. They were. Yeah. Our joy uh, is infectious, and we should not forget that. So anything that we say here today about how to be saved also must be accompanied by us who believe that we have been saved through Christ yeah. and that the joy of the Lord is in our heart. Now, there is something here about this Philippian jailer that he um, he expresses a tenderness of heart, doesn't he? He uh, poses this question. Uh, this is a dire situation in his life, and so now he really wants to know. And so what was the response to him? Well, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. And, there it is. And uh, it goes on, Mark. You have it there, don't you? Yeah. yeah. You it says, thou shalt be it? saved, you and your household. You and your household. So. That might be a little bit troubling for, for some modern believers who are highly individualistic. 
yeah. uh, and yeah. not understanding that we are related uh, in our families to each other. Yeah. And uh, over and over again, uh, that promises to you and to your children and yeah. to many so far yeah, off very, as many as the true. Lord our God shall call. That's right. And yeah. I think back of Joshua, you know. He says, well, you serve who you will, but as for me and my house, sure. we will serve the Lord. Yeah, God often works in households, doesn't he? Yeah. Amen to that. That's right. Well, so um, this Philippian jailer uh, was instructed to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and uh, that harkens back to many instances in the Scriptures. And I'm just looking at a verse here in Romans 4 where it says, Abraham believed. God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Well, obviously, faith is crucial, uh, and I might uh, just expand a bit on faith. Uh, faith is a kind of trust. You can define faith in a few different ways, of course, and it's a broader word. But if we were to ask ourselves exactly what is the point of faith in all of these texts, it seems that we could just simply use the word trust. Trust mm-hmm. in the Lord with all your heart. Mm-hmm. In other words, uh, you can rely on the Lord and his word. And and faith is also something that receives. It yeah. receives. It doesn't, if you will, work something up within you. It is something uh, that receives mm-hmm. what God has to offer because salvation is with the Lord. And I'm reminded, of, of course, of Ephesians uh, 2, 8, and 9, which is a marvelous text to go to, yeah. uh, to understand uh, what it means uh, to receive something from the Lord. For we are saved through gift, not of ourselves. In fact, that goes, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It, the faith itself, is God's gift. Mm-hmm. It is a gift from God, and that we are saved not by works, lest any man should boast, of course, mm-hmm. man or woman or whomever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's it. There is no boasting at all. There's nothing that we can take credit for in our salvation. It's all of Christ, all that he did. Grace is the ground. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For by grace are you saved, and faith is the instrument, instrument of reception. Yeah. I like what you said, you know, just receiving, because uh, John one twelve. It says that as, as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. That's really the scriptural <clears throat> phrase, isn't it? The uh, the notion of receiving. Sometimes in our culture, you hear the word accepting, and it's almost like you bring God before your own judgment bar and decide whether to accept him or not. And I don't know. It's just it's just a it's just a use of terms. I realize pet P for you, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. kind of is. I, well, I, really I think it's a good one. Receiving. I think it's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes the details are very important. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, you know, you had mentioned John, um, Ephesians two eight and nine, and I was just opening to that text in the scripture, and before our break here, I noticed also that. A few verses back, it says that, But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses. I was wondering if maybe one of you fellas could comment about that. Well, that's Romans also. What is it? Romans 5, 8. Mm -hmm. God demonstrated his love toward us and while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God's love... And God's grace are always prior to any human response. Mm-hmm. In other words, God responds first, 
with the free offer of the gospel, our response is always a secondary thing. Mm, it's, right. We stand as penitent recipients to receive yeah. something. And that reception, of course, is the person of Jesus Christ, who is Amen. the love and grace of God. Amen. So we are saved by gift, and uh, we are not saved through our own good works and merit. Isn't and then, there a verse that says, I interrupted you, Mark, sorry, that yeah. says, uh, we love God because he first loved us? Yeah, that's in First John. Yeah. First John, we, we love God because he first loved us. And, of course, that was necessary because we are dead in our trespasses and sin. And that's, you know, when you get into Romans 2 and, and Romans 3, you know, you have uh, – uh, there's none righteous, no, not one. There's none that seeks after God, Romans 3.10. And then all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So it puts all of us in a place of being enemies with God. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's what you see. When you see the, the God's holy law, how it's righteous, and Romans 2 talks about that, how God's righteousness in the law. And he says, well, if the Gentiles kept the law, They'd be justified by the law. And then it goes into Romans 3. He says, guess what? Nobody has. (laughs) Nobody's kept this thing, and we're all enemies of God. And that's one of the things to try to wrap our minds around. You know, Mm -hmm. uh, our society says God is love, and so, you know, we're all children of God. And and no, 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 that's not not right. By nature, we're children of God. Unfortunately, (laughs) that is uh, 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 a mischaracterization. Sure is. Of uh, the whole situation. Right. I like to think, to put it in modern terms, that we are egocentric. We are turned in upon ourselves. And we are kind of in a circle that binds us, and we can only seek our own interest in our sinfulness. That's what mm-hmm. the old yeah. theologians used to talk about, depravity. They didn't mean that uh, right. human beings were no good. What they meant was that we are so bent to choose our own interest that we cannot choose outside of that. We just choose our own interests. Mm-hmm. And God's love, I like to think, breaks into that circle, if you will. Yeah, yeah. And forces the issue. Here is the love of God that turns us around and wakes us up that we might behold our interest in Christ and receive him. Yeah, that's right. And and that's uh, that goes along with the Romans uh, 3.10, where it says, There's none righteous, no, not one, there's none that seeks after God, which is actually a quotation from the Old Testament. Psychologically, you can't. Yeah, and that's, and that's we it. We seek We're, our own. We seek our own. That's why Luther, when he was in the midst of these struggles, he's looking at it and he said, Love God, I hate him. Well, <laughs> th- there was good reason. At that point, Luther was really an enemy of God because he saw God being righteous and holy and... And yeah. Luther was not, and he could see he wasn't righteous and holy, and he worked really hard to make himself righteous and holy, and he still was unrighteous and holy, mm-hmm. you know? He even talked about three enemies. Yeah. And uh, the flesh, of course, is, was his enemy. The devil was his, his enemy, enemy, but he mm-hmm. includes God. God yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's and under that, God's wrath, not under God's love. That's well, right. Well, I see that uh, we're close to, actually, we're over time. We need to take a short break. You're listening to A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. Mm-hmm. Today we're looking at the question of um, how were Old Testament saints saved? And uh, leading up to the answering of that question, we first of all have discussed in our own day, how is a person saved? After the break, uh, when we come back, God willing, we'll talk about this very specific question, how were the Old Testament saints saved? Stay with us. We'll be right back. 
We'll be right back with our program in just a minute. Now a reminder that your gifts to this ministry enable us to bring you thoughtful, Christ-centered programming 24 hours a day. Would you prayerfully consider helping us with a tax-deductible gift this month? Redeemer Broadcasting is a 501c3 not-for-profit broadcast ministry. We're entirely listener-supported and have no advertisements. If you would like to help support us this month, and perhaps in the future, our mailing address is Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Once again, Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Stay with us now for the second half of our program. And welcome back. You're tuned to A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf in the studio with me today, the Reverend Mark Diedrich and Dr. John Vance. We have the question before us on the table, how was an Old Testament saint saved? Uh, Before the break, we were talking about salvation in particular, in our day and age, and how you come to Jesus Christ and believe on Him, and uh, how God draws us, and that sort of thing. So, gentlemen, uh, here is the question now. Um... Let's say we're living in the Old Testament days. Uh, the New Testament was not yet written. Christ had not come yet. Um, can you help us get started here in talking about salvation for that Old Testament saint? The Old Testament, as you have of the verses, Abraham believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness. He was saved by faith. In hmm. fact, he is he is put forth as a paragon of faith several places in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. He is the main figure, I think, to go back and examine to see uh, what was his basis for believing that God had saved him. Mm-hmm. And what does the Scripture say about his situation and how was he saved? So I think the place to start is with Abraham, and we have many, many verses related to him, don't we? Yeah. And, of course, he, he even predated the, the law. Because he predated Moses and the giving of the law on Mount Sinai. So he was That's saved by point. faith. Yeah. Well, Paul in Galatians, of course, picks up on that in Romans as well. In fact, Mark, the verse you quoted in part, Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. That's yeah. in Romans chapter 4, verse 3. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what it was. But, of course, the problem, I think, comes in when you start looking at the Old Testament and you see all the laws. And so at Mount Sinai, we're given the Ten Commandments, plus all the ceremonial laws and the sacrifices Mm -hmm. and uh, Passover and all these different sacrifices, the uh, Day of Atonement, uh, sacrifices for sins. And there's a tendency to look at those things and to say that they are the things that justify. Mm Mm-hmm. It's those laws, those ceremonies that justify. But as I think Scripture makes uh, clear, they are not. They're Mm -hmm. not the things that justify. Even if you look, at, for example, at David when he committed the sin with Bathsheba, 
And then we have his wonderful uh, confession, penitential psalm, if you will, in Psalm 51, where he talks about that. And he says, For you will not delight in sacrifices, or I would give it. You will not be pleased with burnt Mm -hmm. offerings. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart of God. You will not despise. He goes on later then to say, after you have that, after you have that repentance, and then those sacrifices are worth giving. Mm-hmm. But I guess the big question would be, well, if the sacrifices didn't say, what were they there for? The, ma- mm-hmm. the, the man or the woman of faith clearly uh, has uh, an obligation. But it, right. we're not saved through our obligations. We're saved through the love and grace of God. Mm-hmm. L- let me uh, bring forth another, uh, I think, a very important matter. Uh, it says in John eight fifty six, your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he yeah. saw it and was glad. He is saved through faith, but through faith in whom? That one whom God has promised. Right. Yeah. The Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. We're saved by looking back in faith to our Lord Jesus Christ, but knowing he's present with us. Mm-hmm. But they were saved in the same way by looking forward, trusting in God's yeah. promises and open uh, to uh, his promise of being fulfilled. And in many respects, Christ was with them then and there through his spirit. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And even Jesus, when he was speaking to the Pharisees and Sadducees, he said, you seek the scriptures because in them you think you have eternal life. But they speak of me. Isn't that they testify amazing? of me. And, and, and so oh, he's yeah. saying, you look back at the law and the prophets, and what they're doing is they're pointing to me. Yeah. You know, the great uh, a preface uh, to the Ten Commandments uh, ought mm. not to be forgotten. And uh, as you turn to that, Mark, I don't have a Bible, but uh, maybe you can turn to it. Uh, But I'll continue by making this observation. There's a historical preface whereby down in Egypt, God did something for the Israelites that they could not do for themselves. He delivered them from the hand of Pharaoh. Then, because they are his people, he commands them to do these things. Mm -hmm. If you would live up to me... And to my holy will, this was what you will do. But God saves them prior right. to his commanding them. Read that if you've yeah. got it, Mark. It says, And God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. And then he goes into, You shall have no other gods before me. And in mm-hmm. the same in the New Testament. God saves us, and then we are commanded, of course. Yeah. So we uh, we have laws, but... We are not justified by keeping those laws, but we want to keep those laws because we love our Father in Heaven. That's right. It is the love of God that moves into our life and history and Mm -hmm. saves us by grace through faith. And then, of course, we are to respond in obedience. I was just uh, looking here at uh, one of the epistles in, in the book of Galatians, and there's some very interesting wording here that the apostle uses, he goes so far to say that Abraham had the gospel preached to him. Uh, Listen to this. It says, um, Therefore know that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand, saying, In you all the nations shall be blessed. 
So then those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. Mm-hmm. Just a wonderful portion of Scripture. Yeah. Abraham has the gospel preached to him. A salvation comes by God's grace through faith. And Abraham himself was a believer by faith. In the book of uh, Hebrews in the New Testament, it says, By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place <laughs> right. Right. which he would receive as an inheritance. There it is. It is faith that works obedience in yeah. his life. Now, the gift that God gives of faith to believe, of course, is not a bare faith. It is always a faith that is properly directed toward the love of God and obedience to him. Mm-hmm. So it, it's it's uh, we are saved by faith alone. But we are not saved by faith that is alone. Mm-hmm. It does produce something. Well, that's yeah, a, the only reason we have faith is because the Holy Spirit gives it to mm-hmm. us. And in that case, we have the Holy Spirit. And, of course, that, that transforms us. I always love Romans 6 where he talks about uh, your faith. Actually, at the end of Romans 5, he's talking all about grace. Where sin abounds, grace much more abounds, you know. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, he's underlining the the fact that there's no sin that's so great that God can't take care of it. But then he says, well, some of you are going to be thinking, he says, what shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? Mm -hmm. He says, by no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? (laughs) You know, it's like you've been given the Holy Spirit. Now you realize sin is your enemy, not your friend. How can you Mm -hmm. still embrace it? Now, today we're talking about uh, how was an Old Testament saint saved. And uh, is it safe to say, gentlemen, that uh, this relationship of God with his people was, um, I guess you could say, differently administered uh, during this time of law in the Old Testament, where there are promises and prophecies and sacrifices and circumcision and all of that, and then when we get to um, under the gospel with Jesus Christ, um, that uh, now it's uh, administered differently, where there's now the preaching of the word, uh, the sacraments, baptism, the Lord's Supper, and that sort of thing. Well, I, I would I would simply understand this in the uh, motif that we see in the language of Paul when he talks about the Old Testament being the promise, mm-hmm. and of course when Christ comes. Uh, those promises have been fulfilled. Yeah. Uh, in uh, Westminster, when uh, on the Lord's Day, when we have our worship service in the morning, we always have both an Old Testament and a New Testament reading, the Old Testament representing the promise, the New Testament representing fulfillment. So you have the promise fulfillment. It doesn't mean that the saints of the Old Testament were saved differently than in the New, Mm -hmm. but there has to be a historical development in terms of promise fulfillment. And they were saved by looking forward to, and they did receive shadows and things and lessons in the temple uh, and certain commandments that represent that uh, progressive revelation. Mm -hmm. But then in the New Testament, Christ has fulfilled things. And then, of course, we with the church is no longer ethnic but Catholic. Yeah, yeah, and and that's and you do see that you know the old sacrifices. What were they pointing to? That one sacrifice who would die on the cross and rise three days later. You know that's what all the old sacrifices were doing. Is yeah. they were pointing ahead to that, and they were looking for that. Just as Hebrews says, the blood of sheep and goats that can't save. 
Yes. But the blood of Jesus. Amen. That saves. Only as it points to Christ does yep. it have validity. Yeah. Yep. Well, exactly. gentlemen, I see we're out of time already for this edition of A Plain Answer. To our listeners, thank you for joining us today. If you have a question for either of these fine pastors, you may email us using the address ministry at redeemerbroadcasting.org. And for Redeemer Broadcasting, I'm Dan Elmendorf. Today with me has been the Reverend Mark Diedrich and Dr. John Vance. Please join us again next week at this same time for another edition of A Plain Answer.